Well, welcome to Northridge Church, everybody. So um, I don't know how many of you are aware of this because this is connected more to the Wesleyan denomination and world uh, more than anything, but there is a revival that started at Asbury University, which is a very strong biblical Christian university. It started on Wednesday. And the students have been in the chapel since the chapel started on Wednesday straight. They're still there. They're bowing, they're praying, they're confessing, they're repenting, they're worshiping. They literally, the worship, there are people that would just step on stage after 45 minutes to an hour and somebody takes over. Nobody's leading it. There are people coming from all over the country. They're gathering at Asbury because they just want to hear and see what God is doing. And I've seen pictures. The college students are just laying on the floor. They're confessing. They're doing all this stuff. It's incredible. I'm just sharing that because God brought that to my mind as we were worshiping today. That's my hope and prayer for every single one of you. That you would experience the goodness, the greatness, and the power of our one and only God. I hope it forces you to fall flat on your face on the floor. I hope it it makes you repent. I hope it makes you confess. I hope it makes you realize that you have everything you need in this world because God is real. And I just, I'm way, I'm not even close to my notes at this point, guys. But God brought that out as we were singing. And I've I've been seeing those pictures in my head ever since we started singing. That's my hope. I would, I would encourage you, look it up. Look at some of the things that people are saying on social media when they're describing it. It is incredible. That's my prayer and hope for us, is that we would see revival. It doesn't have to happen that way. God does what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. I pray that we just be open to it. Amen to that? All right. So there's this um, really awesome trail in Yellowstone National Park that is one of my favorite ones. And uh, this trail is pretty much all stairs. Uh, it's, it's, it's all stairs because it's like literally the trail is up and down. That's what it is. And, uh, and, and, it, and the reason it's awesome, there's several reasons, but one of the reasons is because it gives you an amazing view of this waterfall in Yellowstone called Lower Falls. Okay, it's an amazing, it's called the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. It's not the Grand Canyon, it's the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone. And uh, now this trail, on this trail there's a sign, and there's a warning sign. And this sign tells you how many steps are on this trail. And so the sign will tell you there's 328 stairs on this trail. This is just a small section of it, very small section of it. Just imagine, all right? This is one of the reasons why I like it. I like, I'm like... This is going to be hard. This is going to be awesome. I just, I get excited about tough hiking situations. And so uh, 328 stairs. And then the other part of this sign, besides some of the history of the trail, they tell you basically this. This is extremely difficult. Really seriously consider whether you do this or not. (laughs) Like that's basically what it says. I mean, it is no joke. It is awesome. It is one of my favorite places on the planet when I'm in the mountains. It's just, it's just awesome. And so the reason I say that is that sign tells you there's 328 steps. 
Let's be honest. Sometimes that's really helpful because some of you are like, 328? Yeah, that's a no. Thank you. I'm going the other direction. But let's be honest. Sometimes not knowing how many steps is actually really helpful because we might actually tackle it and realize we could have done it when we said no ahead of time. The reason I bring that up is because sometimes our walk with God, our journey of faith with God, is kind of like a stair, step of stairs, right? It's kind of like, like, okay, we take a step of faith. God says, I need you to step outside your comfort zone. No, it's 328 steps. No, you don't know how many steps there are. And he says, take that step of faith. And then when you take that step of faith, what happens? He says, oh, there's another step of faith I want you to take. And then you take that next step. And then you take that next step. And, and I don't know, I found this, this drawing this week. Maybe a, you feel like this when you're going through this with God. <laughs> you take a step and then he draws another step or another few steps. And you're like, but God, I thought I was good. I took that step of faith. Yeah, you're doing awesome. But there's a whole staircase, right? And he just keeps drawing steps. And you're like, but man, that was a big yes. That was a huge yes, God. And, and God says, oh, you, we haven't even started yet. Like, that was an awesome yes. Yes, that was a big. But we have another one to go. We have several to go. We have hundreds to go. You don't know where this staircase leads, but it is going to be awesome. Sometimes it's helpful to know the steps, but let's be honest. Sometimes it's really helpful not to. Because if we saw the whole staircase, I think sometimes we'd opt out at the beginning. And so why I bring that up is today we're still in the midst of this yes journey. And this yes journey is largely more than anything else. It's about taking steps of faith with God. It's about us as a church taking a huge step into the river and God will stop the water and he will show us that home for Northridge that Pastor Nick was just talking about. Some of this is us individually or as families taking a huge step of faith financially or in generosity. It might be uh, some of you are fasting. Some of you are praying at 316 every day. I had to do that in my eye doctor's office this last week on Tuesday. I kid you not. He walked in 30 seconds after I started praying. And I was like, okay, I should probably just talk to the eye doctor. He's going to think I'm crazy. So I talked. Uh, that day it was a 30-second prayer. I, I did some more later. But some of you have committed to that. You've been doing some amazing things. I don't know about you, but this week I've been tuned in more to God than I have been in a while. He's brought me to tears. He's brought me to my knees. It's been amazing. That's what this journey is about. The building is a part of it, but it's not the thing. Yes, we believe that God is leading us that way. Yes, God is leading us to give sacrificially, absolutely. But that's not the thing. You know what will be a win? If we come out of this journey together, having sacrificed and surrendered so much to God that we are all in and we're going to chase after him, even if it makes us look weird in front of our friends, even if it makes us have to quit our job, or it means we have to do something that's crazy that we've always thought we needed to do but we didn't want to do. And God says, the time, is now to say yes and we say yes if a whole bunch of us if all of our church does that it's a win it's a win because i believe god will take care of us financially i believe that number is exactly what it's supposed to be whatever it is i do i totally do and so we are here to commit to sacrifice and to train to climb the mountain and it requires commitment Sacrifice and training to hear God's voice, 
We can't know what God is asking us to say yes to unless we hear his voice. We have to hear him. What is he calling us to? That's what happened on Asbury University on Wednesday. The students heard, now's the time to stop doing all your classes and doing all this other stuff. You got to get right. Let's get this right with me. And they've been doing it for days. It's still going on today. That's, that's like, what, day four or five? Day five. It's amazing. Will you say yes to God? So when God asks us to take a step of faith, why is it so important that we say yes? When he says, take this step up on the staircase uh, of your journey with me, why is it so important for us to say yes to that? Well, there's basically two reasons I want to share today. These are not the only two reasons, by any means, but these are two reasons. The first reason is because God wants to grow your faith. We can't grow our faith unless we take the step. Anytime that I say no to God, my faith does not increase. It stays the same or decreases. You know why? Because I said to God, I don't trust you enough to take that step. I don't trust you enough. And so when I stay on that step, or let's be honest, every now and then in my life, sometimes I take a step backwards. I go down a step, which just means I'm further down on the staircase. Why is it so important? Because God wants us to use that step to grow our faith, to have a deeper relationship with us and have us trust him more. But then there's another reason, and this is maybe something that you've never heard before, but the second reason is because God wants to multiply what is good in your life. I didn't say he wants to add to it. He wants to multiply the good in your life. He wants to multiply it. So let me try to give you an example of this from Scripture. Okay, so I want to get us into Luke chapter 9. If you like to, if you have your own Bible, you like to follow along on your own Bible app or whatever, go ahead and get there. We're going to be in Luke chapter 9. For those of you that have Bible apps, you can go to a certain translation. I'm going to be in the ESV, the English Standard Version today, which is weird. I don't usually use that one. Uh, I study that one, but I don't use it on Sunday morning. So I'm going to use that one because it has the, it's the best telling of the story. I'll say that. All right, out of all the translations. And so we're going to be in the ESV, Luke chapter 9. And uh, let me just give you the context of the story. So Jesus and the 12 disciples are doing ministry on this particular day. And the Bible tells us that there are 5,000 men there plus women and children. So we, we, we call this, it's actually listed in your Bible probably as the feeding of the 5,000, which is wrong. It was the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children, which means there were probably, we don't know the exact number, somewhere between 10 to 20,000 people there. It's a massive crowd. Theologians believe this is probably the largest gathering that Jesus ever dealt with, ever spoke to, and ever ministered to in, in all of Scripture. So this is a big moment. 10 to 20,000 people. And so Jesus and the disciples, it says there were basically two things happening. Jesus was teaching the people. He was, he was kind of working through the crowd and teaching, you know, the, the crowd of people. And he was healing them. And the 12 disciples were right there with Jesus helping, you know, organize them. And, you know, I don't know if they were like, okay, here's the line, guys. You know, you'll get to see Jesus. And I don't know how it was going. But the disciples were there. They were helping doing ministry with Jesus. And they're doing this all day. So here's where I want to pick up the story. Where we pick up the story, it's at the very end of the day. It's really late. They've been doing this all day since early morning. And the day is getting really late. And I want to pick up the story there. Luke chapter 9, starting with verse 12. 
Now the day began to wear away. You know what that means? It means the sun was going down. And it was close to it. That's literally what it means. It was, it was uh, if you look at the original uh, language, the original Greek, it means to lay down or bow down. The day was bowing down. It was done. They were about done with the day. The day began to wear away. And the 12 disciples came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions. For we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. That must have been a little bit of a shock for the disciples. Like, uh, there's like 10 to 20,000 people, Jesus. I don't know if you knew that. You give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we were to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And then another gospel tells us, plus women and children. And he said, Jesus said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. Five loaves of bread, two fish. They fed 10 to 20,000 people and they picked up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. They probably put them into, you know, Tupperware containers and stuck them in the fridge. I'm just kidding. They didn't have Tupperware. They didn't have fridges back then. But they had 12 basketfuls left over. That's amazing. Now, this multiplication that God wants to do, multiplying the good in our lives. This is all throughout the Bible, everywhere. Let me give you some quick examples. When the Israelites, this is our key verse for this yes journey that we're on. That key verse, when the Israelites stepped in by faith to cross the Jordan River, God stopped the water. When, when everybody in Israel, when they saw God stop the Jordan River, do you think that increased their faith? You better believe it. I've never seen that. That must have been incredible to watch that. They walked into this flooded river and then God said, and they walk across on dry ground. Not only did they not have to walk through the mud, they walked across dry ground. It's amazing. That's a miracle in and of itself that it wasn't like. And they walk across and he increased their faith. God wants to grow your faith with your steps of faith. But then what did he do? He multiplied their land that they could live on as soon as they crossed the river. He began to multiply the area that they had, the promised land. God wants to grow and multiply what is good in your life. Let me give you another example from the Old Testament. There's this guy, we don't talk about him very much. His name is Elisha. He's kind of the, the, the after guy of Elijah. Okay, there's Elijah, and then Elisha took over for Elijah. So Elisha, and he has a widow and two sons. A widow and two sons come to him, and they say, Elisha, we have no food, and we have no money left. We can't survive. Can you help us? And Elisha says, well, what do you have in the house? Do you have anything in the house of value? And she said, well, we have this one small jar of oil. And he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. Here's the faith step. I want you to go in the whole village and I want you to borrow 
as many empty jars, as many empty vessels as you can find in your entire community and gather them together in your house, okay? And, he said, and it literally says this in Scripture, not a few, as many as you can get. And they bring all these empty vessels. They fill the house with them. And then Elisha says this. He says to her, now I want you and your sons to start pouring the oil out of that little jar into all those vessels. And you know what happens? God multiplies the oil and they fill every one of those vessels. And oil back then was very expensive. It was worth a lot. And so now their house is filled with jars of oil. And Elisha says, now what I want you to do is I want you to take that oil. You're going to go sell it. You're going to pay off all your debts. And you're going to live for the rest of your life on the rest. You're good. God wants to grow your faith. And he wants to multiply the good in your life. Let me give you one more example. You remember the, the first time Peter met Jesus? You remember that? Peter had been fishing all night long. He'd been fishing all night long. He, this was his job. His job, his livelihood, how he made his income, how he fed his family was to get fish. And so Peter's been fishing all night. We don't know why he was fishing all night. Maybe he was just kind of under you know, financial pressure or whatever, but he was fishing all night. And you know how many fish Peter caught that night? Zero. Goose egg. Nothing, which is really bad because he's a professional fisherman. Couldn't catch a single thing. With all of his nets and everything, he, could, he didn't catch a single fish. And so now it's first thing in the morning, and Jesus is on the edge of the lake, and Peter comes in, and Jesus and Peter, they have a conversation. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, I, I want to ask you to do something. I, a step of faith. I want you to go back out, and I want you to cast your net out. I just want you to go fishing one more time. And you know what Peter does? He does what a lot of us do. He said, oh, Jesus. he starts arguing with Jesus. Now, understand, he doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't know who this guy is because he's just met him. But, but he's like, no, listen, I fished all night. I have caught literally no fish. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm, I, I, just, I just want my bed. I want to play some Xbox, some Rocket League, and, I, and then I want to be done. I'm just kidding. Some of the teens are like, yeah, that makes sense. Right? But the rest of us are like, what? What are we doing? But Peter argues with Jesus. He's like, no, I'm tired. I don't want to go do this. I just did this all night and I caught nothing. I'm done. And Jesus insists. He says, go out and cast your net one more time. And Peter rows out, throws his net over the boat, pulls the net in, and it's more fish. They could barely get the net in the boat. That's what scripture says. More fish than he's ever seen in his life, multiplied the good. If God is going to grow your faith, and if God is going to multiply the good, what are a couple things that have to happen? From those stories, but let's go back to the story that I started with, Luke chapter 9. There's two things that really are really necessary if you're going to grow in your faith and, the and you're going to multiply the good in your life. If God wants to do that, there's two major things. The first one is this. God has to bless it. The first thing that has to happen is we have to surrender who we are and we have to surrender what we have to God. 
We need to stop trying so hard to make it happen for ourselves. I know that is not the American way. There's a reason why God and Jesus butt heads with our culture a lot. Because what he teaches and what he wants is not exactly what our culture brings us. But that's what God wants. He wants us to surrender so that he can do what? So that he can bless it. If I've got it in my hands like this, God could bless it, but he won't. You know why? Because he's going to say, Brent, your hands look like you're ready to fight. I'm not going to bless that. I can't trust you. You're going to be selfish with whatever I bless you with. If you're going to be selfish with what I bless you with, I'm definitely not blessing you. Because it's not for you. But when we do this, God says, oh, I can do something with that. You want to see what I can do? Let's go. Just look back at verse 16 in that story. And taking the five loaves of bread and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Jesus had to first bless it before it was going to multiply. Let, let me ask you this. If Jesus doesn't bless it and they start passing out the food, does the miracle happen? The answer to that is nope. It doesn't happen. We don't read about it. It's not even in Scripture. Jesus has to bless it first in order for our faith to grow and for us to multiply the good. Now, what's the second thing that needs to happen? First thing, God has to bless it. The second thing is, we have to give away what God blesses. <laughs> oh man, aren't you glad this is getting better and better, isn't it? Easier and easier. Remember that's the 328 steps I told you? It's not easy. But this is the formula. This is how it works. This is how God works. God has to bless it first, and then we have to give away what we have been blessed with. That's how it works. Let me prove this to you. Let's go back to the story again, verse 16 and 17. So Jesus blesses it first, right? He says a blessing over it. Then what happens? Then he broke the loaves, so he broke them into pieces, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. Now, I want you to notice something. It's really important. When did the food multiply? It didn't multiply when Jesus blessed it. It didn't multiply when he blessed it. He blessed it, and then what did he do? He broke it into pieces. He broke the loaves into pieces. I don't know if he broke the fish into pieces. But he broke it into pieces. Why? Because there were 12 disciples that need to pass out this food to 10 to 20,000 people. He's got to make this work a little bit more efficiently. So he breaks the food and he gives it out to the 12 disciples so that they can set it out in front of the people. Do you know when it multiplied? It started to multiply when the disciples took it and started to give it away. The disciples had to step out in faith. Can you imagine if you have like two small pieces of bread and like a little sliver of fish? And there's 10 to 20,000 people, and you're like, take a really small piece. <laughs> right? Seriously, smaller than that, because we've got a lot of people. But then as people took it, as they passed the food out, it just multiplied. 
God has to bless it. And we have to give it away. And then God will multiply it. That's how it works. That's how it works. Sometimes we have to take the step of faith when we can't see the whole staircase. It's just the way it is. Whether we like it or not, that's how it works. We take a step of faith, God shows us another step. We take another step of faith, God shows us another step. He says, we are doing something today. Wow, we are going. Good job. Keep going. Keep taking steps. We're good. Every step of faith grows your trust, your faith in him, and he can multiply the good in your life. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said about this. He said this one time. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. So true. So, we have a real treat for you today. You don't have to listen to me much anymore. We have a great story. And it actually dovetails exactly with what everything we're talking about today. Um, so I want to invite Kathy Wilkinson to come on up. Um, she's going to share her story this morning. And, uh, and uh, her and Craig's story, uh, she's married to Craig. Hi, Craig. You've seen Craig in the cage. We put him in the cage when he comes on stage, just so you know. Uh, scary, scary guy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Craig, we love you. Um, but uh, Craig and Kathy have quite a story, and it's really a story of taking steps of faith again and again and again and God doing some awesome stuff. So uh, we're going to actually hear Kathy's story. So Kathy, thank you for being here. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> this is it's awesome. It's fun to see everybody from up here. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's, it's a different view, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, uh, awesome. Um, all right. So Kathy, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump right in. You know, because uh, I know because uh, I talk a long time. Exactly. Uh, she just said you talk long. And she's like, well, that's true. Okay. Um, so uh, first question, Kathy, um, tell us a little bit about your background sure. in your life, because I know it's really important to the story that we're getting ready to hear. Yeah, well, I grew up um, in a Catholic family, Catholic church, Catholic grade school, so um, I've always had knowledge of Jesus, um, but our family, my parents both grew up super poor, and so although we had faith, they were not givers, um, so I never grew up with um, sort of an example of giving. Um, we went to Catholic grade school, so my, my dad was like, hey, we've given up to the church with your tuition. We don't need to give any more to the church. My mom made a statement once of, well, if you're going to give, like, your spare change is a good place to, to, to start. Um, so I definitely did not have an example of generosity. Um, it was very much of you earn money, you keep that because that's where your security is. you got to take care of yourself. Mm, okay, that's, that's amazing. And I think, uh, I don't know if this is true, but I think uh, a lot of us grew up that way. Um, is just kind of like, ah, do what you can, you mm -hmm. know, do the best you can, and then and just leave it at that, you know. Um, so, um, all right, so let's jump forward a bit. So you and Craig now are mm -hmm. married, all right? I know you're still married. Good job, guys. Um, but, uh, but you're now married, and um, just talk a little bit, bit, just very briefly about those early years of marriage. Uh, what was that like, and what was church life, like faith stuff sure. like early sure. on in marriage. Well, and Craig grew up in a um, Presbyterian family going to church, and so faith was never a question for the two of us. Um, we were going to church. 
Um, but in terms of giving, like say we're kind of tossers, you know, it was like look in the wallet, oh, I got a $5 bill or a couple of singles or whatnot, the plate would pass and you'd just kind of throw that money in. Um, we were not giving um, or, or anywhere even near imagining a tithe. Um, but we joined a church officially. I'd gotten pregnant and it's like, okay, we're grown up now. Like maybe we need to, I don't know, start doing something. Um, I don't know if this, that was my sense of responsibility. And our church <laughs> did a pledge drive every fall um, to help with their budgeting. And so we got our pledge card and it's like, okay, maybe we should make a pledge. Um, nowhere near a tithe. It was a tiny little bit, but it was that first step and it was hard. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to say this, we were two you know, professionals making a lot of money, and that little bit we were giving, it was still hard. Um, but it's like, okay, I don't even know what called me to do it, but I'm like, this is something I should do. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, I, but Kathy, and I know we talked about this a little bit, but that was a huge step of faith in mm -hmm. sort of being you know, just a tosser, so to speak, as you, as you called it, um, tossing in just whatever you had in the moment and that day to commit and say, we're gonna give this much every week or this mm -hmm. much every month. I mean, that's a huge step of faith to, to go from just, I don't know, we have 20 in our wallet or five in our wallet. So Didn't yeah. like it, didn't know what cheerful giving meant, <laughs> but at any rate. I understand. Uh, some, I totally understand sometimes. Um, okay, so, uh, so you made that pledge, mm -hmm. right? Um, so here, here's what it seems like the story should go. You make the pledge, right? This is a huge step of faith for you. We're committing to do this like a regular basis every week or every month. And so what's awesome is God just showed up and life went Absolutely. perfect. No problems after no. that, right? No. That's the story. Is, is that correct? Absolutely. No. So <laughs> okay, we're being facetious. Okay. I know it. I know it. So actually, the first year we made the pledge, our baby pledge was like, okay, okay, okay. We, the next year, we're like, okay, we'll be a little bit more grown up, inched it up just a teeny bit. And literally, in like a month or so later, um, we suffered the loss of a job. And that took away about 55% of our income. So suddenly it was like, and I can't even talk about the anxiety and the nervousness because mm. one of my idols is financial security. And I like everything very neat and dot the I's and cross the T's and everything's in their little box. And that was, that was gone. Mm. Financial security is an idol. Mm. That was the first, when I talked to Kathy, um, Last week, when we talked to her, that was the first time I've ever heard that as an idol. I know it can be an issue, and, and I think it's an important thing, but it's the first time I've ever heard it attached to the word idol. And that's, that was just, that was powerful for me. It was a revelation for me. So um, thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, so you decided to honor the pledge. Because, and you didn't say that, but like, you 55% of your income, yeah, more no, than half. It, it was, I know it's that sense of, well, I made a promise, I made a commitment. I don't even necessarily say it was at that point a spiritual thing. I'm not sure what was working because it was not me. <laughs> um, but it was like, well, we, we said we were going to do this. I had this like sense that, okay, well, we have to because they're counting on us. And so, all right. We made a promise. I guess we'll keep it. Yeah, the, okay. the, the crazy thing is, so this period of time we we're in, it, it, it was kind of a long season. Um, and every year that pledge drive would come up. And I honestly, it was not me. Every year we'd bump it a little bit. We'd bump it a little bit um, until we actually were tithing during this time. Okay. Um, and that was not me. That was totally not me. And there were so many months trying to write the bills that I would literally be in tears 
mm. writing that check for church um, because the money, it, it wasn't there. Mm. If you had done, sat down and done the math of income versus expenses, it so would not, it, it, like not even in the ballpark of matching up and yet it worked. Um, and so when I say, I, I kind of laugh about saying not a cheerful giver, I don't know what a cheerful giver is, um, but I was a very intentional, we were very intentional givers, um, very dedicated. Um, and although I was in tears, I knew in my heart, I just knew if we stopped giving, mm. everything would fall apart, which is totally not worldly. People were like, even our pastor at the time was like, if you didn't give us money, I totally understand. It's like, no, we have to. There's just this sense that God gave to you that even though the math doesn't work out, it was I'm making it work out and yeah. it will fall apart if we if Absolutely. We if we okay. kept it for ourselves, it was not going to work any longer. Mm. Okay. That's amazing. Um, okay. Turn the corner a bit. So God is clearly working on you to take steps of faith mm -hmm. in financial generosity, giving. But then something really big happened in your life that change your perspective on just how we live here yeah. and, and what yeah. we do and all those things. And so can you just talk about that and maybe add that to some other thoughts sure. and perspectives sure. that yeah. God was clearly changing in you? Definitely, you definitely. So well, during this whole time, of course, I'm very, very worried, anxious. Um, and I kept saying, you know, God will take care of us. God will take care of us was kind of my mantra in my head. Um, and after a while, it was like, well, it's not that he will, like we're still waiting for something. Um, it was like, you know, God is taking care of us, mm. um, definitely. And I be, had an opportunity, um, which came out of the blue. It was not something I was planning to do at that time, but to take a mission trip to Guatemala. And that was amazing because, you know, I have stress, but it's like first world stress here and that ability to go to a third world country. Um, I'm a medical provider, so we were doing a medical clinic and I was giving an antibiotic to someone and I told the, you know, the interpreter, well, tell them you should take it twice a day with food. And the woman looked at me and she said, um, Kathy, they only eat once a day. I was like, um, and to stand literally helping a woman and her, she had a woman and five children, a widow, and in their home, I mean, dirt floor, thatched roof, hut where they slept on sticks tied together and they literally had a handful of dried corn to feed their family. And it was hard to come back from that mm. and think, oh, we don't have enough. Oh, you know, it just, it very much changed perspectives. Not that it made the situation easy, but it definitely provided a new framework of, oh my goodness, like first world struggle is so different than so much of the world faces. And so it helped give me a kind of a little different reference or, or framework for things. Mm. Um, and as I did realize, God was blessing us. He was taking care of us. Somewhere along the line, I kind of switched from that. God will take care of us. It was in one of my devotions um, talking about the Lord's Prayer and that give us this day our daily bread. Mm. Um, the Israelites didn't get manna to feed them for the next 10 weeks or you know years, whatnot. They didn't have a savings account of manna. It was for that day. Um, and I, my new mantra became when I, because that anxiety would come, that nervousness would come. Mm. And I'm like, do I have enough for today? Do I have enough for today? And the answer always, always was yes. Not only yes, do I have enough? I'm like ridiculously, abundantly blessed. Um, and so that helped try to center me when mm. the stress rose. That's amazing. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it good to hear, though, that we all struggle with this? I mean, this is not unlike what I know Laura and I deal with sometimes. 
and we look at it, and, and it's never a question like, you know, let's stop giving or let's stop tithing, but, but it's like, how does this work? How is this going to happen, you know? Like, when you hear the car breaks down or the braces come or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, my goodness, you know? Mm -hmm. How's and it going to work? There's stress. There's yeah. nervousness, and it's, there's worry there. Mm -hmm. uh, I know the conversations Laura and I have in the privacy of our home, and it's like, oh, man, this is hard, you know? So thank you for sharing that. Um, okay, so... I'm off, I'm off our questions. I apologize. Ah, you're doing awesome. I don't care. <laughs> Are you kidding? This is, I, I've led you to do this because this is what I do. I started off my notes. Um, so well, let's, let's turn the corner again off of that. That's amazing with Guatemala and the perspective change. Um, so you have talked about, like, you kind of, you've said this phrase several times, it wasn't me. Yeah. You, you said it wasn't me. And there are times when God has placed uh, a number or things uh, in your head or whatever. You, you mentioned some of that. And you don't know how it all works, I know. But, but can you just unpack for a minute, what does it look like for you anyway? And it's going to be different for every one of us. But what does it look like for you to hear God and, and how does that work? Even some of that weird stuff, and yeah. you shared a couple of things that you're yeah. like, I don't know. Uh, but, like, how does that work for you to hear God? What does that look like? And yeah, Sure. I get voices in my head. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, like I said. We, oh, so that was a great story. Yeah, um, we're going to no, just end there. No, no, no literally, I get the number floats <laughs> in front of me. Um, so we went through, like I said, it was a, it was a, a long journey. Um, mm. But it did. And we, you know, we got during that period of time where we were tithing, um, which was amazing on its own. That was not my nature. Um, and raises, new job came about. And um, I still, every fall, would bump up our pledge a little bit because that's kind of the habit I'd gotten into. But I woke up one January morning, boom, wake up, and then there's this thoughts in my head, Kathy, you're not tithing. It's like, huh? You're not tithing anymore because our income had gone up. So we're not doing that anymore. And this number came into my head. This is what you're supposed to raise by every month this year, not the little bit you were going to do, you, bigger, much bigger number. And I'm like, ha, that's kind of funny. And I got up and I went down to have my breakfast. And I always do a morning devotional when I'm eating breakfast. And that morning it was the Malachi talking about tithing and testing me in this. I'm like, two mm. by four, okay, talk to Craig. I'm like, so I'm thinking that we're supposed to be giving more. And he's like, at that point, he's like, honey, you got the wheel, so whatever you're getting called to do, you just go and do it. And I'm like, okay. And he's a so, great husband. Oh, I know. He's, he's wow. like, you just ride with it. So godly. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So we did. Would like to say it was lovely and beautiful, and we were lavished with, you know, more than we could manage. No, no, no. We went back to several months of... Oh, crud. I'm back to like juggling when the paycheck is coming and the bills are going out. It's like, whoo, and that anxiety was rising. Fortunately, I had all the knowledge from the prior years with me of Kathy. No, just take a breath. It's fine. God's got this. It's going to be okay. Because there still was that, it's embarrassing to say, there still was that, ooh, if we just don't give the check this month, things would be a lot easier. And I'm like, what are you even saying? God is like ridiculously patient with me. Mm -hmm. um, but finally, things kind of settled out. Well, then, as you were talking about today, um, you had sent the videos, the Robert Morris videos on the principle, the first and the multiplier. And as you talk about the steps, I thought I was on a really good step because I'm like, hey, we're tithing. This is good. All is good. Um, no, he tweaks. God likes to tweak things. Um, and so I watched the videos, and there's a principle of the first where it's not just about, like, cutting one check. 
and we were going some to church, some to different organizations, was like, well, no, it needs to be like the first money, like the check comes and the first thing that you give is to God. And then giving it to God means giving it to church, not giving it to all the great other organizations. It goes to church. And then in the 90% you keep, that's where the giving comes from. And it's like, I literally sat there going, you're killing me, Smalls. Because I'm like, are you, I'm like, we just... So I was like, okay, let's try this again. And I talked to Craig again, and Craig's like, you got it, girlfriend. Like, you do it. Um, and so we adjusted how we were paying. We began giving the tithe church. We began giving. Still not a cheerful giver. Still a very intentional, very dedicated giver. Um, yeah, and the cheerful hasn't come yet. But I, I under, but I know the importance. And if we hold it all for ourselves... Yeah, we could take a bigger vacation. We could go out to dinner. I could go to the mall and buy a new pair of shoes. But what is that? That's such a temporary mm. satisfaction. Um, I'm learning that giving, like you were saying, if we hold it tight, nothing more can happen with it. Mm. If we open our hands and we give, I know I've been blessed with peace. Um, anxiety still comes financially, but it's like I have so much to combat that anxiety with now. Mm. Um, and we've been taken care of, and it's not, we had some good things happen during our period that we won't even get into where big things came to us financially um, that helped us. Um, it doesn't always mean that if you're obedient, there's going to be this, hey, I won the lottery, or I got a brand new car, um, but everything will be okay. Like, you can stretch it, you can give more, and things are still going to be okay. Mm. And that's one of the biggest things I cling to now, um, is just knowing that, I can't, I, I can't worry about what may come in the future because God has shown me literally when there's no way and you know there's absolutely no way something's going to work, it works and it's there and you can't explain it. It just happens. Um, that lyric in a song, you made it away when there was no way and I believe you'll do it again. Hmm. Yep, I've lived that. I've seen that and it brings such peace. Um, I will still say it's hard. This yes journey, it's funny, the number's coming in my head. Yep, the number, whoo, just comes to me um, all these different times. I just, there's a number that impresses on me. With this, I got the first number that impressed on me, which I think was my number, and then more numbers came floating that were bigger, and I'm like, ah, because <laughs> um, it's still hard. It's still very, very hard, um, and I'm still walking this journey. I have got a lot more to learn, um, but I'm certainly not where I used to be. That's amazing. And it'll be okay. Let's land the plane there. Absolutely. I, I think that was I'm awesome. I'm sorry. No, 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 I you're good. I talk as much as Brent no, no. does. <laughs> Can you guys give Kathy a hand? That is amazing. Thank you. Am I good? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> the truth is, it's hard to walk in faith. It is. I know that I preach a lot of Sundays and I talk about faith and Laura and I live by faith but I, I, I'm here to tell you that just because I stand before you and I get to talk and I get to preach from God's word it doesn't mean it's not hard for Laura and I to. It's, it's not easy but it's necessary. Because God has a whole 
set of power and a whole set of resources and a whole set of joy and and the the cheerful giving is coming Kathy and Craig I, I believe that right but but he has that for you and all we have to do is to surrender to take that step and say God what I have is yours because it is everything you have is God's it is not yours and so Kathy, thank you for sharing that story. Some of the things that she shared, I, I just had never heard before. I'd heard vestiges of it, you know, things like that, but I've never heard it like that. And so it was just amazing to hear. And so, uh, by the way, um, Kathy didn't share this. She was being very kind up here. Uh, but when we shared those videos, uh, she had some other words to say about those videos when she started watching them. She's like, oh, come on. And it was just like, there were some words floating in her head that she didn't share here. Uh, and she's like, come on, why did I even watch these things? Why did I click on this? This is ridiculous, God. I don't want to take this step of faith. Uh, but I, I wanted to share with you that those two videos that she referenced, Robert, Pastor Robert Morris, um, he does two separate videos, and those two videos, believe it or not, were specifically gifted to our church and a handful of other churches when we went to a conference on, that was talking about sacrifice and giving. We were in, I, I was one of them that was invited to go be in the room for this. And at that conference, here's what they said. We didn't know this at the time, but at the, when we got there, Pastor Robert Morris was speaking we, I think we knew that he was speaking, but they said, okay, he's going to do two teachings on sacrifice and faith and giving, generosity. He's going to do two teachings on it, and we're going to video record them, and then we're going to package them, we're going to edit them, and then we're going to give them to your church to use for however long you want. That was several years ago. So those are the two videos that Kathy was referencing. Now, here's why I bring that up. Uh, we're going to make those two videos available since we've built it up so well, so they're so awesome, and Kathy loved them so much. But I will say, uh, let, me, let me tell you this, though. Kathy can vouch for this. Ask her. It is the two most powerful teachings I've ever heard on generosity and faith and sacrificial giving. It's not even close. All the others that I've heard, including my own talks, are way down here. Pastor Robert Morris is gifted and anointed by God with the gift of spiritual, amazing, sacrificial generosity. And he shares some of that very specific stories in there. So we're going to make those available. We're going to send it out to our, our Northridge News email list. If you're on that, if you're not on that, get on that. If you're not on that and you want to get those videos, just contact us. We'll get them to you. They're just two simple video links. You just click on them. The one is the principle of the first. The other one's principle of multiplication. By the way, the two points that I made today on Luke chapter 9, they came from Pastor Robert Morris. He makes those points. And, and I'll tell you, that's like 2% of his teaching maybe even less. He makes those points, two, really two points quick. And then he tells personal stories. It's amazing. If you want God to release generosity in your life, if you really want to take a step of faith where God can take it and roll with it and do some amazing things, I would just encourage you to lean into him. You might feel a little bit like Kathy did when she started watching it. Oh, come on. 
but I believe it will change your life. I really do. So we'll make those available early this week. We'll send it out by email. If you want them and you're not on that list, let us know. But here's what I'm going to leave you with this question. Will you say yes to taking the next step of faith that God is asking you to say yes to? We're all in a different place on the staircase. Maybe you're kind of where Craig and Kathy are. Maybe you feel like you're down on the staircase. Maybe you're further ahead on the staircase. Doesn't matter. What matters is where you are, and what matters is what God is asking you to do next. That's it. Will you take that next step of faith? Because when we take that step of faith, when we say yes to God, Kathy, you mentioned this at the very end. When we say yes to God, God makes the impossible possible. He does. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to worship you today. It has been so good, so just powerful. God, I want to pray that in this moment, with everybody here that's in the room and everybody listening and watching online, I pray that you would do something in them to help them realize this is the next step of faith. This is your next yes. And, and most likely that yes has to be uncomfortable. It has to be outside. Otherwise, it doesn't really take faith. If we can easily handle it, it's not really faith. It's just us taking a step we know we can so God, whatever that step is, whatever that step of faith, I pray that you would impart us, motivate, challenge us, move on us to take it. Whatever it is for each one of us. Help us be faithful to you as you have been faithful to us. And you will make the impossible possible. We thank you for wanting and desiring to work in our lives. We pray this. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.